I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, it's Alex Oxley chamberlain Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Match Day Programme. Premier League, Sunday 21st of May 2017, Arsenal versus Everton, kick-off 3pm. The contents, the manager Arsene Wenger, the captain Per Mertesacker, voice of Arsenal, youth, player feature Skodron Mustafi, Opener. Third round. Beating the Blues. Fourth round. Fifth round. Pat Rice. Sixth round. Semi final. Match action. Arsenal versus Sunderland. Visitors Everton. Teams. The manager. Arsene Wenger. The boss speaks to the official matchday programme about today's challenge. Our full focus is on winning this afternoon and getting to 75 points. Of course, we are in a position where we need results to go in our favour, but I won't especially keep track of what's happening at other grounds. We don't need to look at any other game, because the onus is on us to make sure we do our job properly. It doesn't matter what the chances are, we just have to do our job and then see what happens. Hopefully, we can push on from Tuesday's win over Sunderland. What pleased me most about that win was the fact that we maintained the focus because we went into it having played three difficult games on Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. We had to finish the job in the fourth game. That is always very difficult. As well as that, even if we were frustrated at half-time, we kept going and in the second half we maintained again the pressure. Our pressure became stronger and we were relentless for the 90 minutes. You want all the teams to fight like Sunderland did on Tuesday. Traditionally, in England, you have that, and hopefully it will be the case this afternoon. Everybody will be under scrutiny, so you just want the teams like Everton to fight against us. Middlesbrough will fight against Liverpool. Watford will fight against City. That's what you want. If you want to be the best in the league, you should not even question that. After, you have to accept the result. Let's give ourselves every chance. Everton will be difficult opposition for us today. The best way to beat them is by keeping the quality of our game very high, by putting the tempo in, our offensive pressure on them, by maintaining our run. 
We've just come out of four games in ten days. We won all the four, and some of them were very difficult, so just to keep going until the last minute of the season. One of Everton's threats is Romelu Lukaku. If you look at his record, it's quite impressive. I believe every big club who plays against him is conscious that at any moment he can score a goal against you through his power, his determination. I think nobody has scored more goals in the Premier League than him at his age. You have to respect that. But we're confident of getting the win at home. In general, I would say our points total at the Emirates is quite good. Until December, we were in a very strong position, and then we had a blip. I believe the turning point for us in terms of playing for the Premier League was Everton and Man City away. In both games, we were leading and lost. After that, we dropped off a little bit. Then we had a difficult second period after Bayern Munich. We paid the price for that against West Brom, against Crystal Palace, and then with their backs to the wall. The team have shown great strength, great unity, and overall have responded in a very strong way. We can finish with 75 points. That is a decent total. Of course, it's not good enough to win the Premier League. But if we are not in the Champions League with 75 points, it's the first time we would not be in with that figure. It will be four points more than last year if we win today's game. We've scored 25 more goals this season than last. But if you were to point out a weakness in the big games, it was defensively. Overall, it was certainly there that we lost the games. Every time we were in front, we could not keep the result, and defensively, we had some instability that we paid for. I think that's what we rectified. We have better defensive stability without punishing us too much offensively, because sometimes when you go to a different system, which is a bit more protective, you pay the price there. Concerning our team news for today, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is still not back, and we have an uncertainty over Laurent Koscielny's availability. He will have tests before the game, and then I'll make my decision. Aaron Ramsey was substituted on Tuesday night, but he is all right. I wanted to finish these notes by thanking you for your support throughout the season, and asking you to be behind the team again for today's match. This team does have an exceptional mentality. We went through a difficult period, and the way this team responded, you need to be special to do that, because it is easy to become divided and unmotivated. But this team responded very well. So thank you for your support, and we all want you to be behind the team until the final kick of the season. Enjoy the game. The captain, Pa Mertesacker, the Arsenal captain, speaks exclusively to the official match day program. You could sense that we needed to stay patient on Tuesday. Sunderland frustrated us, especially in the first half. But I felt we remained calm, and that was important. Of course, we could have won by a higher margin, but I was satisfied with how we ground out the win in the end. We've gone in goalless at half-time in three of our last four games, but have managed to win them all. You always have to keep pushing hard, and when you find the opener, it's crucial to take the momentum to the next level. By that, I mean scoring the next goal quickly. Continue with what's just been successful, and not thinking that we're in front, so we should start to sit back and just defend. It's our DNA to keep going, and when we get the intensity right, we should just keep going for it. That's what we stand for, and we should stick to it. That was satisfying on Tuesday. We kept going, found the second goal, and even after that, it could have been more. As I mentioned, the key was to wait. Play the ball around with a good pace and find open spaces.
you can sense that we'd finally get through and we eventually did. Mesut Ozil was important in helping us to make the breakthrough. He impressed me on Tuesday, just as he did at Stoke last weekend. People talk about him setting up goals, but often he gives those second assists too. Passes that create space and lead to us opening the game. At the minute he's looking fresh and is playing really well. Mesut is making the difference and we need him at that level. He's playing a major role in our attacking force and I think it's important for us to find him in those dangerous areas and not give him the board when he's too deep or if he has to carry it far forward. We need Mesut between the lines because Tuesday showed again how dangerous he can be when he gets into those areas. Tuesday's result means we go into today not knowing which European competition we'll be playing in next season. All we can do is concentrate on ourselves. We want to maintain the focus and the intensity we've shown recently. We want to make all the fans happy today, finish well and then take that momentum into the cup final. Having two home games in the final week of the league season is nice because it gives us a chance to create momentum before the FA Cup final. But we're not looking at that yet. We're looking at Everton and we know they will be dangerous today. They've got a major force in Lukaku. He stretches the pitch. He's quick, can score from any position and is very good in the air. He's got a good left foot and we need to keep him quiet if we want to get a good result. We've got the defenders and the shape at the minute to limit strikers to few chances. So we just need to continue to do that by adjusting to his physique a little bit. We are in a good stage when we can compete against such a good player. We may need a favour from Callum Chambers' Middlesbrough today if we are to get into the top four. I think Callum's done well there. He's played the majority of the season and it was a big step for him. He's played a major part at Middlesbrough. He understands what is needed and will comprehend that even more now after his year on loan. Every time he touches the ball, he gets better. He embraces it and he would embrace it even more if he can help us to get into the top four. That comes naturally to him. He has this internal motivation. You don't need to tell him anything because he's got a positive character, a positive mindset, so he knows what's at stake. Looking back at this season, I'd say our FA Cup run has been the standout for us because we've reached the final. We have a chance to get a trophy and that's something we need to take on board next season so we can compete for the Premier League too. We haven't done enough in the league this season to compete with the top teams. We've lacked results against the top sides because we just haven't put the performances in. That's the emphasis for next season, to turn up and to be resilient in those big games. We have to be even more focused on what we want to do and what we want to achieve. We've played well to get results against those teams you'd expect us to beat, but against the top four or top five sides in the league, we have to turn up and play better. We have that within ourselves. But recently, we haven't shown it. It's difficult to me to sum up the season because we've got a final ahead of us. But in terms of the Premier League, we're not satisfied. We know it hasn't always been easy this season, 
But on behalf of the squad, I really want to thank you for the way you've supported us and stuck with the team. We have so many fans who travel many miles to support us in great ways, so we are very grateful for your continuous support. Let's have a strong final game of the league season and then tackle Wembley together. We have a good record there, so let's cheer the boys on to make sure we can bring home the trophy. Thanks very much for your support and enjoy the summer. Voice of Arsenal, a night to inspire. The Arsenal Foundation's flagship annual fundraiser, A Night to Inspire, raised a total of £464,841 at Emirates Stadium on Thursday evening. Thanks to the generosity of the first-team players, manager Arsene Wenger and the attending guests, the Arsenal Foundation will continue its work to reach even more people in the UK and overseas through its support of sport, education and arts programmes. Generous bids were made on a host of lots to reach the total. Visit arsenal.com to find out more. Thanks. Everyone at Arsenal would like to thank you for your superb support this season. It's really appreciated by all the players and staff. After today's match, the first team squad will stay on the pitch after the full-time whistle. A memorial graphic will then be shown on the big screens, featuring the names of supporters that have passed away during this season, providing the opportunity to show our respects to the fans who are no longer with us. The team will then embark on a lap of appreciation to thank you for your support this season. Emirates FA Cup Final Details Today brings our last Premier League fixture of the 2016-17 season. But we've still got next week's Emirates FA Cup final against Chelsea ahead of us. The game kicks off at 5.30pm. We'll be wearing our home kit. And we have once again been allocated the east section of Wembley Stadium, the same side we had for the semi-final win over Manchester City. Didn't manage to get a ticket for Wembley? Don't worry, we've got you covered. We're pleased to announce that the final will be screened exclusively live for Arsenal members at Emirates Stadium. This year, we will be changing the layout slightly from 2014 and 2015 to improve the viewing experience for members. The match will be shown on a giant 120-metre square screen, located in the clock end facing the pitch, with fans able to watch the action from standing on the pitch. There will also be unreserved seating in the lower tier and limited unreserved seating available in club level. Tickets are priced at £5 for adult members in the lower tier unreserved standing or seating and £3 for concessions. It will be £10 for fans who wish to sit on club level. Please note that all seating is unreserved for this event. Tickets are on sale now. The Family and Friends Service allows members to buy an additional four tickets on their membership account. Please note that we are unable to activate any membership cards once the Friends and Family sale period commences, and members will be issued with a ticket fast print at home. Please note that if we are successful at Wembley, a parade will take place the following day, details of which will be released after the game on arsenal.com. 
Emirates FA Cup final. Arsenal v Chelsea, Wembley Stadium, Saturday, May the 27th, 2017. Kickoff, 5:30 p.m. Match tickets sold out. Live on BBC One and BT Sport Two. Visit www.arsenal.com/tickets for info. Mr. Fryer opens new pitch. Arsenal director Ken Fryer was on hand to celebrate the opening of a new football pitch at his old primary school, St John's Highbury Vale, this week, with help from the Arsenal Foundation. Mr Fryer spoke to the current pupils about his time at the school in the 1940s and how, soon after leaving, he came to start work with Arsenal. Playing football on the road outside Highbury Stadium in 1945, Mr Fryer miskicked his ball under the car of then-manager George Allison. Impressed by Mr Fryer's enthusiasm, Allison offered him a job as a messenger at the stadium on match days in 1945. Mr Fryer has been a loyal servant of the club ever since. An Arsenal in the community football session followed Mr Fryer's assembly. Tickets were also handed out to pupils for Tuesday's match against Sunderland. Mr Fryer said, It was a pleasure to return to St John's and see so many excited young boys and girls using the new pitch. It brought back some fond memories, and I'm proud we're in a position to help. The new pitch at St John's is the latest in a series of local pitches to be refurbished, following our Legends match against AC Milan at Emirates Stadium last September, which helped to raise £1 million for the Arsenal Foundation. Programme Sellers Above and Beyond Award goes to Amber. Congratulations to Amber McGee, who went above and beyond at Tuesday's victory over Sunderland. Amber braved the elements was noted for her selling skills and was awarded with a pair of trainers kindly supplied by our club partner, Puma. It's your final chance to tell us if you think a programme seller deserves an award. Nominate them by emailing program at arsenal.co.uk. Welcome, Elizabeth. We're delighted to welcome 100-year-old Elizabeth Cordock to this afternoon's match. Elizabeth is a big Arsenal fan. We hope you enjoy your day with us. Who's your player of the season? We'll be announcing our Vitality Player of the Season soon and we'd like you to select who it is. There are plenty of candidates for the official club prize, although Alexis is the red-hot favourite after another stellar season in which he became the eighth player to reach 50 Premier League goals for the club. Laurent Kozilny captained the team for much of the campaign and was outstanding once more, while Nacho Monreal was the model of consistency at left-back, left-wing-back and as part of a back-three. Has Masoud Azil done enough to win the top prize again after his success last term? And what about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, in such fine form in recent months and having played in six different positions this term? Want to cast your vote? Just visit arsenal.com. Show us your posters. We've included a special Come On Arsenal poster in today's programme, so supporters can show their support for the Gunners as we build up to next weekend's cup final. 
We would love to see your posters proudly displayed on windows far and wide across the Arsenal land. Send us pictures of your posters, either by tweeting them to at Arsenal magazine or emailing program at arsenal.co.uk and we'll retweet or tweet them. Good to go. Joanna Wallace recently travelled to Sokode in Togo to work with underprivileged youngsters on educational and health initiatives. Joe was donated Gunner's kit by Arsenal in the community, for which the many, many young Arsenal supporters there were hugely grateful. An under-15 team decked out in Arsenal gear even entered a local football tournament and represented the club with distinction, finishing third. This afternoon's Matchball Sponsor Our final Matchball Sponsors of the season have sent in the following message. France and André are happy to be celebrating their nephew Pierre Laurent's 20th birthday at this match day. PL is an absolute fan from overseas. Canada. Pre-season schedule. We'll kick off our preparations for 2017-18 by touring Australia and China this summer and begin our friendly schedule with a match against Sydney FC on Thursday, July the 13th. Two days later, we'll be back at ANZ Stadium to take on Western Sydney Warriors. We then fly to Shanghai, where we will play Bayern Munich at Shanghai Stadium on July the 19th, before rounding off our trip on July the 22nd with a game against Chelsea at the Bird's Nest in Beijing. Once we've returned to London, we'll take part in the Emirates Cup, with matches against Benfica on July the 29th and Sevilla the next day. If we win the FA Cup final, we will then play Chelsea again in the Community Shield on Sunday, August the 6th. Jonathan McPhillips Local police require assistance in acquiring information regarding the murder of 28-year-old Jonathan McPhillips on Upper Street near to Assembly Hall on Saturday, February the 25th, 2017, at around 12.40am. Were you in Upper Street or the surrounding area at the time of the incident? Were you aware of or did you hear anything suspicious? Do you have any information that could assist the investigation? If so, please ring 0208 345 3775. Or if you wish to remain anonymous, phone Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 111. New Fixtures 2017-18 This Premier League season might be coming to a close today, but it's not even four weeks until the fixtures for 2017-18 to are released. We'll find out match dates on June the 14th at 9am and full details will be available both on arsenal.com and on our social media platforms as soon as possible. The new season will open on the weekend commencing August the 12th and will come to a finish on Sunday, May the 13th, 2018. Bagot Win with Arsenal and Puma. Just answer this simple question to be in with a chance of winning. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma are giving away kit bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question. Who scored our goal at Everton earlier this season? 
Email your answer, including your name and address, to program at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. Please send all entries to us no later than Friday, May the 26th, 2017. One entry per person. Coming up, Saturday, Chelsea. We face Chelsea in the Emirates FA Cup final. Sunday, the ladies. The ladies are away at Manchester City. On this day, 1956, Richie Powling is born. 2005 FA Cup. We win the FA Cup, beating Manchester United on penalties. Ref Watch. Michael Oliver. This afternoon's referee is Michael Oliver from Northumberland. Today's match will be the 15th involving Arsenal that he has officiated since the start of the 2014-15 season. And here's our full recent record with him in charge. 2016-17, Arsenal 3, Liverpool 4, Premier League. AFC, 3 yellow cards. Arsenal 3, Chelsea 0, Premier League. Bournemouth 3, Arsenal 3. Premier League, AFC, three yellow cards. Sutton United, nil, Arsenal, two, FA Cup. AFC, two yellow cards. Crystal Palace, three, Arsenal, nil, Premier League. AFC, one yellow card. Tottenham Hotspur, two, Arsenal, nil, Premier League. AFC, three yellow cards. 2015-16, to 16. Arsenal nil, Liverpool nil, Premier League. AFC, one yellow card. Tottenham Hotspur two, Arsenal two, Premier League. AFC, three yellow cards. AFC, one red card. 2014-15. Arsenal three, Man City nil, Community Shield. Arsenal one, Tottenham Hotspur one, Premier League. AFC, three yellow cards. Liverpool, two, Arsenal, two, Premier League. AFC, three yellow cards. Brighton and Hove Albion, two, Arsenal, three, FA Cup. Manchester United, one, Arsenal, two, FA Cup. AFC, two yellow cards. Arsenal, nil, Chelsea, nil, Premier League. AFC, four yellow cards. Stats. Premier League goals. Alexis, 23. Olivier Giroud, 12. Theo Walcott, 10. Masoud Azil, 8. Alex Iwobi, 3. Premier League assists. Alexis, 10. Masoud Azil, 8. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, 7. Hector Bellerin, Aaron Ramsey, 4. Olivier Giroud, Alex Iwobi, 3. Premier League chances created. Masoud Azil, 97. Alexis, 76. Granit Shakar, 34. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, 32. Alex Iwobi, Hector Bellerin, 26. Premier League shots. Alexis, 84. Theo Walcott, 50. Olivier Giroud, 34. Masoud Azil, Aaron Ramsey, 28. Granite Shakar, 26.
Report it. If in doubt, report it. If someone complains, take it seriously. How? Antisocial text service. Get your phones out and text 67777. One. Text one of the following words: race, HPH, tout, foul, stand, smoke, sexism. Two. Give a description. Three. Give your location. Block. Row. Seat. Arsenal. League champions, nineteen thirty to thirty one, nineteen thirty two to thirty three, nineteen thirty three to thirty four, nineteen thirty four to thirty five, nineteen thirty seven to thirty eight, nineteen forty seven to forty eight, nineteen fifty two to fifty three, nineteen seventy to seventy one, nineteen eighty eight to eighty nine. Nineteen ninety to ninety one, nineteen ninety seven to ninety eight, two thousand and one to two, two thousand and three to four. FA Cup winners, nineteen thirty, nineteen thirty six, nineteen fifty, nineteen seventy one, nineteen seventy nine, nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety eight, two thousand and two, two thousand and three, two thousand and five, two thousand and fourteen, two thousand and fifteen. League Cup winners, nineteen eighty six to eighty seven, nineteen ninety two to ninety three. Charity Community Shield winners, nineteen thirty, nineteen thirty one, nineteen thirty three, nineteen thirty four, nineteen thirty eight, nineteen forty eight, nineteen fifty three, nineteen ninety one, shared, nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand and two, two thousand and four. Two thousand and fourteen, two thousand and fifteen, Fairs Cup winners, nineteen sixty nine to seventy, European Cup winners, Cup winners, nineteen ninety three to ninety four, FA Youth Cup winners, nineteen sixty six, nineteen seventy one, nineteen eighty eight, nineteen ninety four, two thousand, two thousand and one, two thousand and nine, Arsenal Football Club. Seventy-five Drayton Park, London, N five one B U, o two o seven six one nine five zero zero zero. Website www.arsenal.com. Email program at arsenal.co.uk. Directors: Sir Chips Keswick, Chairman; Ken Fryer, OBE; Evan Gazidis, CEO; Richard Carr. Lord Harris of Peckham, Stan Cranker, Josh Cranker, Honorary Vice President Lady Bracewell Smith, Secretary David Miles, Manager Arsene Wenger OBE, Physiotherapist Colin Lewin MCSP SRP. Youth. The under-18s finish the season with an entertaining draw against the Hammers. Under-18 Premier League final stage, Saturday, May 13th, at the Arsenal Training Centre. Arsenal under-18s three, West Ham United under-18s three. The scorers for Arsenal: Malen in the 34th minute, Jay Willock in the 54th minute from a penalty, Ballard in the 67th minute. For West Ham, Henry 42 penalty. Alesi, seventy-third minute; Scully, 
90th minute. The under-18 Premier League season came to a close at London Colney with a six-goal thriller as the points were shared in a three-all draw with West Ham United. Kwame Ampadu handed a start to Alex Crean, who lined up behind a defence comprising Jordi Ozetutu, Daniel Ballard, Zek Medley and Tolaji Bola. Charlie Gilmore partnered Josh De Silva in central midfield, with Vlad Dragomir, Robbie Burton and Joe Willock occupying more advanced positions. Doniel Malin was chosen to spearhead the attack. The Gunners got off to a promising start at the Arsenal training centre, with Malin blasting a shot high inside the near post in the 34th minute, after Willock had maintained his balance and prodded the ball into his path. The visitors were second best in the early battles, but were gifted an opportunity to level the scores when Ballard committed a foul in the penalty area. Corey Henry duly dispatched his effort from 12 yards just three minutes before the interval, sending Crean the wrong way with an effort that was placed low to the goalkeeper's left. Willock opted for the same approach with his own penalty within 10 minutes of the restart as we nudged back ahead, delaying his kick until the last before calmly slotting into the bottom corner. Ballard's perseverance then paid dividends just 13 minutes later, with the central defender poking home at the near post after he'd connected with Dragomir's corner, only to see his initial effort parried back out to his feet. Aji Alezi was an unexpected source for the visitors' second goal, with the defender up from the back to provide a half-volley that saw the hammers claw one back, before Anthony Scully did superbly well to whip the ball just inside the far post in added time to rescue a point. The line-up for Arsenal, Crean, Osei Tutu, Ballard, Medley, T. Bowler replaced by Omoli in the 86th minute, Gilmore, De Silva, Dragomir replaced by Thompson in the 82nd minute, Burton replaced by Benson in the 71st minute, Jay Willock and Marlon. Subs not used, Virginia and Beckford. Exclusive player feature. Number 20, Shakodran Mustafi. Must win. Born, April 17th, 1992. Bard Hartsfeld, Germany. Previous clubs, Everton, Sampdoria, Valencia. Arsenal career stats. League, appearances 26, goals 2, assists 2. Europe appearances 7, FA Cup appearances 4, League Cup no appearances, Community Shield no appearances, Total appearances 37, Goals 2, Assists 2. There's no doubt that wherever Arsenal end up in the final Premier League standings, Shakulja Mustafi's first season at the club has been a success. The Germany international settled in quickly and didn't taste defeat until his 23rd game for the Gunners against Watford at home on January 31st. And while a couple of injuries have hindered his and the team's progress, he's now back in the side, fit and firing on all cylinders in the Gunners' new look back three. It seems appropriate as Arsenal prepare to finish their league campaign against the club at which Mustafi took his first steps in English football to talk to the defender about his campaign and to look ahead to the two massive games that remain. 
You're coming to the end of your first season at Arsenal. How would you sum it up? It's always difficult when you change club. If you come to a new club, you have to get used to the staff, to your new teammates, the country, although I knew England a bit. London was new for me. I never played in the Premier League, so that was something new as well, but I'm actually pleased. I hoped that we could have done a bit better in terms of having more points and being higher up the table, and we lost a few games that we shouldn't have. But in all aspects, it was a fairly good start for me. I'm happy with that, at least. It seems as if you've adapted quickly, not just to English football, but also to being part of the squad. You know, when you come here, obviously you have to do your job first. But then the lads in the dressing room made it easy for me to come in and be part of the family. So it was easy to be part of the team. The more difficult thing was to come in and do the job properly, because, as I said, the Premier League for me was something new, as I'd never played in the Premier League for Everton. And then playing with new players, that was the more difficult side of it. But what a start you made, going unbeaten in your first 22 games. It looked as if you settled in quickly. It would have been better to stay unbeaten all season, but unfortunately it was not possible. At that time I wasn't even thinking about it, you know, but then people popped up on the internet saying, in every game he's played we've never lost. And that's when I started to realise, okay, it's true, I haven't lost a game. But the thing is, with so many games, bang, 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 every three days, you don't even realise because you have to concentrate for each game and you have no time to think about those things, but I was happy with it. So, the aim is to go unbeaten next season? Well, yeah. Lauren Kozilny and you have struck up a promising centre-half partnership. What's the dynamic like when you play alongside him? Obviously, at the start of the season, we played nearly every game together, from when I made my debut. Lately, we've been struggling to play together because I was injured. Then, I was back in and he was injured. So, for a long time now, we haven't played together as a centre-half pair. But I've been speaking a lot about it because a lot of people ask us about the pairing. I think because we understand football in the same way, it works well together. I was happy to have someone next to me who understands my kind of football and how I think football. You know he's going to cover you because he understands you and I can cover him when he does his thing, so it's quite easy to play with him. Obviously, we've changed to a back three in recent games. How have you found it, and what do you like about it? The thing with the back three is that it gives you more stability in defence, but at the same time, it gives you opportunities to play football from the back and keep the opponent in their half, because you can maintain the pressure even when you lose the ball. I think that's what we've done well lately. We're not just changing the system, we're playing the system the way it should be played. I played it before in Italy and with the national team, so I know the system and I really like it. I'm happy this worked out for us in the last few games. When you reflect on your first season at Arsenal, what would you pick out as your personal highlights? A big one was the win against Chelsea at home. I think it was only my third or fourth game for Arsenal, and it was a big game. 
Beating Chelsea at home 3-0 was a great result and I remember we played really, really well in this game. Also, my first goal for the club is something I would always remember. There are a lot of moments, even my second goal or when I hit the crossbar. They're things you want to remember because they don't happen very often, but the special moments were the win against Chelsea and my first goal. There will hopefully be more special moments to come in the FA Cup final. What are your thoughts ahead of that game? Well, for me, it's the first time playing at Wembley. And for it to be an FA Cup final, I think it's definitely going to be another special moment. I hope I can have the trophy in my hand and share the moment. I'm really looking forward to it. But I know we have to really focus now and concentrate on the weekend and the game against Everton to see if we can get into the top four and into the Champions League next year. After that, we have a whole week to prepare for the FA Cup final. And I hope we're going to win the game, of course. What's the key ahead of Sunday's final game of the league season? The nicest thing about that game is that now we have to hope for someone else to do us a favour. But in our own game against Everton, we have everything in our own hands. That makes it so much easier and gives you so much more confidence to go in and say, we have it in our hands. Just go out there and play our game and win the game. And I'm sure we're capable of beating Chelsea as well. You've been well received here and are really popular with the supporters. So what's your message to the fans? I'm thankful for the support. The fans have helped us out in the difficult times we've had at time during this season. And I hope now they're going to help us out in the two games we have against Everton and in the FA Cup final. FA Cup Final 2017 10 momentous cup ties against Chelsea Analyzing every round with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain Pat Rice remembers his cup finals All 10 of them FA Cup third round Gunners leave it late to seal comeback win at Preston. Saturday, January 7th, Deepdale. The final score, Preston North End 1, Arsenal 2. The scorer for Preston North End, Robinson in the 7th minute. The scorers for Arsenal, Ramsey in the 46th minute and Giroud in the 89th. After a below-par first half in which the hosts could well have added to their shock early goal, the Gunners hit back moments after the interval. Aaron Ramsey struck from outside the area to level the game and shift the momentum in Arsenal's favour. Just as it looked as though these sides would be heading to Emirates Stadium for a replay, Olivier Giroud popped up in the right place at the right time to tuck home the winner. It was scrappy, but our FA Cup campaign was off and running. The side for Arsenal, Ospina, Maitland-Niles, replaced by Holding in the 90th minute, Mustafi, Gabriel, Monreal, Ramsey, Zaka, Oxlade-Chamberlain, replaced by Welbeck in the 83rd minute, Iwobi, Lucas, replaced by Rain Adelaide in the 90th minute, and Giroud. Subs not used, Martinez, Jenkinson, De Silva and Willock. Match facts. Referee, Robert Maidley. 
Attendance, 22,185. This was the first meeting in the FA Cup between the sides since 1999, when Arsenal won 4-2 at Deepdale in the third round. The Gunners have a near-imperious recent record against lower league opposition in the FA Cup, losing just one of their last 37 ties. 1-0 versus Blackburn in February 2013. Arsene Wenger maintained his record of never losing in the third round. He said, It was a great cup tie and we needed to dig deep to win the game today. Second half, it was all us, but they continued to defend well and we needed to be patient and create something special. We did that in the end, but it was a very good cup tie today. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's verdict. The first half wasn't good at all and we didn't play well collectively or individually. It was quite frustrating to come in at half-time because everyone was saying, we need to sort this out, this is a game we should be winning. We were losing 1-0, misplacing passes, losing tackles, and we just weren't on it. Credit to Preston though, because they played really well, but we looked like more of an Arsenal outfit in the second half. We started dominating. Aaron got an early goal, and then we kept plugging away until the end of the game. Lucas and Olivier linked up well in the end for a last-minute winner. We got ourselves out of trouble because we didn't start that game well at all. Match stats. Possession, 68%. Shots, 17. Total passes, 683. Corners, 6. Beating the Blues. Whatever happens in the race for the top four today... The Gunners have been building momentum towards what should be an epic FA Cup final showdown with Chelsea next Saturday. So to whet your appetite, here are 10 famous FA Cup encounters with the Blues over more than 100 years. 1. 2002 FA Cup Final Arsenal 2, Chelsea 0 Double chasing Arsenal went into the game as favourites but were made to work hard by well-organised Blues side boasting former gunner Emmanuel Petit in midfield after Dennis Burkab and Lauren went close with headers for Arsenal and Ida Johnson's curling efforts were saved by David Seaman, Arsene Wenger's men finally broke through after 70 minutes with midfielder Ray Parler curling home a memorable effort from range. 10 minutes later, informed Freddie Jungberg arced his shot masterfully past the despairing dive of Carlo Cudicini. Two nil winners, Arsenal completed the double at Old Trafford four days later. 2. 1930, third round, Arsenal 2, Chelsea nil. Neither club had yet won a major trophy by 1930 and although Arsenal had been spending big money, their league form was poor as talisman Alex James struggled for form and fitness. With under-pressure manager Herbert Chapman in need of a boost, he knew the prospect of an FA Cup run could relieve some of the pressure that was building around the club. Two well-taken goals from Jack Lambert and Cliff Bastin were enough to win the match, steady Arsenal's nerves and set them on the journey to Wembley where they'd finally taste glory in May before going on to dominate English football in the 1930s. 3. 2004 5th round Arsenal 2, Chelsea 1 Adrian Mutu's first half goal gave Claudio Ranieri's side the advantage at the break. 
But after half-time, new Arsenal signing Jose Antonio Reyes burst into life with two quick-fire goals. Signed a few weeks earlier from Seville during the January transfer window, the winger drove a 25-yard pile driver past Carlo Cudicini. The young Spaniard has arrived at Highbury with a breathtaking goal, hollered BBC commentator John Motson. And with Highbury still in a state of fervour, Reyes collected Patrick Vieira's pass and slipped the ball past Chelsea's Italian keeper to seal a thrilling 2-1 win. For 1973 quarter-final replay, Arsenal 2, Chelsea 1, a pulsating flood-lit Highbury battle in front of more than 62,000 supporters saw Bertie Mee's 1970-71 double winners edge out to the 1970 FA Cup winners. Peter Houseman had given Chelsea a first-half lead, but Alan Ball equalised from the spot after referee Norman Burtonshaw had initially wrongly claimed that the foul on George Armstrong occurred outside the box. A towering header from Ray Kennedy after the break took Arsenal to their third semi-final in as many years, although this one ended in defeat to eventual surprise winners Sunderland. Number 5, 1950 semi-final replay, Arsenal won Chelsea nil. After fighting back from 2-0 down to force a replay at White Hart Lane four days earlier, the Gunners were highly confident of victory at the second attempt. Perhaps most confident of all, however, was Freddie Cox's wife, whose husband had scored in the first game. On the morning of the replay, she informed him she'd had a premonition that he would score the winner in the replay, which he duly did, as Arsenal forced their way into the final to face Liverpool, whom they would beat 2-0 courtesy of a brace from Reg Lewis. It was entirely apt that Cox should perform heroics at the home of Arsenal's rivals. He'd been signed from Tottenham earlier that season. 6. 2003 quarter-final replay Chelsea 1, Arsenal 3 An own goal from Blues skipper John Terry and an incisive strike from Sylvain Villetord in the first half meant Arsenal appeared to be coasting at Stamford Bridge following a 2-2 draw at Highbury. That was before central defender Pascal Segan was sent off and Terry pulled a late goal back for the Blues. Yet, with the Gunners under huge pressure on 80 minutes, a rapid break released Lauren to cut across the edge of the Chelsea penalty box and rolled his shot home past Carlo Cudicini. Showing steel as well as silk, Arsenal were in the semi-finals. 7. 1952 semi-final replay. Arsenal 3, Chelsea 0. The Gunners had been somewhat fortuitous to survive the semi-final at White Hart Lane with a 1-1 draw but were in complete control throughout the replay at the same venue. The hero of the 1950 clash, Freddie Cox, was once again in splendid form, drilling home the first goal, heading in the second and delivering the free kick from which Doug Lishman scored the third. He's become a real hoodoo for Chelsea and they can't wait to see the back of him, said Arsenal goalkeeper George Swindon. 8. 2001 fifth round, Arsenal 3, Chelsea 1. A nervy Arsenal took the lead courtesy of Thierry Henry's penalty, but it wasn't to last as a thunderous Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank effort in front of the massed ranks of Blues followers in the clock end drew Chelsea level. The introduction of Sylvain Villetord after 69 minutes swung the game in Arsenal's favour, with the Frenchman grabbing a well-taken brace in the final 10 minutes 
to set up a North London derby semi-final with Tottenham at Old Trafford. Arsenal would win that 2-1 before losing a controversial final to Liverpool. 9-2009 semi-final, Arsenal won Chelsea 2, Theo Walcott's splendidly taken early goal appeared to set Arsenal on their way. But a superbly organised Chelsea team fought back quickly and equalised through Florian Malouda. As Arsenal pushed for a late winner, they became more ragged in possession. And a long pass found Didier Drogba, so often Arsenal's tormentor-in-chief, who sidestepped Gunners goalkeeper Lukas Fabianski and slotted the ball home to win the match for interim manager Gus Hiddink. The Dutchman's team then went on to win the final against Everton. 10. 1915 second round, Chelsea won, Arsenal nil. The first FA Cup clash between the two clubs didn't end well for an Arsenal team containing future trainer Joe Shaw, with the Blues edging through an occasionally ill-tempered contest courtesy of Harold House's winning goal. The 40,000-plus Stamford Bridge crowd was notable for the large number of on-leave soldiers, and Chelsea fought their way through to what became known as the Khaki Final at Old Trafford. The last one. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To be played before football was suspended due to World War One. Did you know Arsenal and Chelsea have featured in 11 of the 17 FA Cup finals played since the turn of the millennium? 
and this will be their second meeting in the showpiece. Chelsea knocked Holder's Arsenal out of the 1931 FA Cup in the fourth round, but the Gunners went on to win their first league title that season. Arsenal have met Chelsea 19 times in the history of the FA Cup. The Gunners have won eight, drawn six and lost five, most recently the 2009 semi-final. Only two of Arsenal's five defeats have come since the Second World War, following narrow Chelsea wins in 1915, 1931 and 1939. In the 19 FA Cup meetings between the two sides, Arsenal have scored 30 goals and Chelsea have netted 22. There has never been a goalless draw. The 2009 semi-final is the only time the teams have met at Wembley in the FA Cup. Arsenal won their last meeting, the 2015 Community Shield, 1-0. Fourth round. Walcott claims a hat-trick as the Gunners blow the Saints away. FA Cup fourth round. Saturday, January the 28th, St Mary's Stadium. Southampton, nil. Arsenal, 5. Welbeck, 15, 22. Walcott, 36, 69, 85. Theo Walcott was the star of the show with a hat-trick, but it was his England teammate Danny Welbeck, on his long-awaited return from injury, who did the damage, scoring twice in the opening 22 minutes to stun the home side. He then turned provider, squaring for Walcott to extend the lead late in the first half. Arsenal were rampant and ran in further goals in the last 20 minutes. Walcott was set up by Alexis for the fourth, then completed the route late on, again converting an Alexis pass. Arsenal, Ospina, Bellerin, Mustafi, Holding, Gibbs, Wren Adelaide, Substituted with Iwobi in the 72nd minute, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Maitland-Niles, Walcott, Welbeck. Substituted with Alexis in the 65th minute, Lucas. Subs not used, Martinez, Jenkinson, Matazaka, Gabriel, Monreal. Match facts. Referee, Kevin Friend. Attendance, 31,288. This was Arsenal's biggest away win in the FA Cup since a 6-0 win at QPR in 2001. Theo Walcott became only the second Arsenal player after Ian Wright to score a hat-trick in the Premier League, League Cup and FA Cup. Arsenal are now unbeaten in their last 11 FA Cup matches away from Emirates Stadium. Arsene Wenger said, We looked as well like a real team. It was compact, well-organised, explosive on the transitions, and overall, of course, I am pleased for Danny Welbeck and for Walcott that they scored the goals. Overall, we behaved like a real, compact, united team. Ox's verdict. That was a more comfortable game for us. We played really well and made it comfortable for ourselves because of how we set up, how we approached the game and then the quality that we showed on the day. That was Welbs's first start since returning from injury, so to see him score two goals so soon was really nice. 
It wasn't a bad assist by myself. And to think he says that none of us look for him enough. I beg to differ, Welps. I found you from 40 yards. That was a nice little boost for us, to see Welps score two goals early on. We played really well that day, and Ainsley and Jeff were both really good alongside me in midfield. It was great to see Theo score a hat-trick too, so it was a really good all-round performance. When Alexis came off the bench, it gave us a little boost as well. It's always nice to have someone like that coming off the bench. Then we saw the game out really well, and it was emphatic in the end. Match Stats Possession, 52%. Passing accuracy, 83%. Fouls conceded, 5. Shots, 12. FA Cup, 5th round. Woolcott reaches ton as non-leaguers make it tough. Monday, February 20th, Gander Green Lane... Sutton United, nil. Arsenal, two. The scorers for Arsenal, Lucas in the 25th minute and Woolcott in the 55th. Arsenal's first trip to non-league opposition since 1993 resulted in a hard-fought victory against Sutton United. Playing on an artificial pitch, the Gunners took a while to get into their stride but took the lead midway through the first half when Lucas Perez's long-range shot sneaked inside the far post. The National League side were playing their part in an exciting cup tie and it wasn't until 10 minutes into the second half that Arsenal extended their lead. Theo Walcott slotted home from close range to net his 100th goal in Arsenal colours and settle any remaining nerves. The lineup for Arsenal, Ospina, Gabriel, Mustafi, Holding, Monreal, Elneny replaced by Oxlade-Chamberlain in the 46th minute, Zaka, Awobi replaced by Maitland Niles in the 74th minute, Rain Adelaide replaced by Alexis in the 74th minute, Iwobi, Lucas. Subs not used. Martinez, Debucci, Murtazaka and Gibbs. Match facts. Referee Michael Oliver. Attendance 5013. Sutton were playing their first ever fifth round FA Cup tie. By contrast, this was Arsenal's 54th game at this stage since the 1925-26 season. This was Arsenal's first game against a non-league side in the FA Cup since 2002-3, when we beat Farnborough 5-1 at Highbury. Theo Walcott became the 18th player to reach a century of goals for the Gunners. Arsene Wenger said, They kept going and we were never really in a position where we could really afford to have a little breather. We had to keep our focus, and I must give credit to my players who were professional. If we'd come here in a relaxed mood, we would have gone out. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain said, I really enjoyed Sutton. For me, it was one of the most enjoyable games of the year. It just felt like a proper football match and took me back to my early days of playing. Even with some of the away games for Southampton, we used to go to Dagenham and Redbridge or Hartlepool United away on a Monday night. The stadium was really intimate and close to the fans. It just had that real personal feeling through the whole game. Walking off the bus to the dressing room was one of the most exciting things I've done in all my six years at Arsenal. There were fans right next to you, the cameras were there, the tunnel was so small and everyone was just really excited to see us walk in. They don't obviously get to see teams like Arsenal come to town very often. That whole experience was just really fun. 
Once the game started, it was tough because the pitch was ridiculously fast. If you overhit your pass just the tiniest bit, it skidded off the 3G. We're used to playing passes for players to run onto, but you couldn't do it on that pitch because it was too fast. Everything had to be pinpoint. I thought it was a really good experience, and it was nice at the end when all the players came into the dressing room and both teams were chatting. Their manager came in, and the boss was talking to their boys, players like Craig Eastmond and Rory Deacon, who used to be at Arsenal. It was good to see them, and it was just a nice day all round. Match stats... Possession, 67%. Shots, 15. Tackles, 14. Crosses, 11. Exclusive legend feature, Pat Rice. Pat's imperfect 10. Arsenal legend Pat Rice looks back on his FA Cup final highs and lows. There are many footballing greats who never get the opportunity to play or manage at an FA Cup final. Pat Rice has done it an incredible 10 times. The legendary Arsenal player and assistance manager will know exactly how our players and management are feeling as they take to the Wembley pitch on Saturday, May 27th and in an exclusive interview for the Match Day programme, he talks us through those memorable 10 finals. Four to forget, six to cherish forever. 1971. Arsenal 2, Liverpool 1, after extra time. My first cup final. I felt fortunate to play, if I'm honest. At the beginning of the season, Peter Storey was pushed into midfield to mark Alan Ball at Everton, and I slotted into right back. Peter came back into defence for the next game, and I was out. But for the next game, we reverted to Peter in midfield. I came back in and I ended up staying there. After winning the league at White Hart Lane the previous Monday, I thought to myself, at least we'd won something if we were going to lose to Liverpool. Wembley was exhausting, very, very hot. The game went to extra time and they scored first. But like the Invincibles years later, this was a team that never felt it could be beaten. There was too much quality and desire, and we had individuals who could make a difference. Eddie Kelly equalised. Well, people thought George Graham scored it, but it looked like Eddie on the slow-mo. But there was no disputing the winner when Charlie George scored. He did it training all the time. He was always capable of the unexpected, although I still think we never got the best of Charlie. Derby County did. 1972, Arsenal 0, Leeds United 1. In the semi, Bob Wilson went off with a knee injury and Jeff Barnett went in goal for the final. My recollection was that it was a very hard game to play in. I was up against Eddie Gray, who was probably the hardest winger I ever faced. He was very quick and comfortable on either side. It was a real battle of wits. Bob McNabb gave away a corner that Mick Jones swung in and Alan Clark met it with a thumping header. Jeff had no chance. After that, we had a couple of really good chances, but couldn't equalise. Losing a Wembley final was awful. Some of the lads realised they may never play in one again. I actually think losing a semi is worse. At least you go to Wembley and had a chance right to the end. Bertie Mee, I remember, 
had his usual stiff upper lip at the end, the ex-army man that he was. 1978, Arsenal nil, Ipswich Town won. This was my first game as skipper, but perhaps I shouldn't have played. In fact, quite a few of us were carrying injuries. Malcolm McDonald and Liam Brady were just two more who were not fit. But it's the cup final and you want to play. We were also favourites, especially as Ipswich were telling everyone they had loads of injuries. Although they all seemed to make a miraculous recovery on the day of the game. Roger Osborne scored the only goal. We were disappointing and we were left gutted. That said, it was a truly great honour to lead my team out at Wembley. I never in my wildest dreams thought that that would ever happen. In the dressing room after the game, I said to the lads, next season when the FA Cup comes around again, remember this feeling you have right now. We feel bloody terrible. 1979. Arsenal 3, Manchester United 2. We didn't feel under pressure in this game. We were 2-0 up and playing well. They had quality players, but I can't remember them having any real chances of note. Pat Jennings made one special save when he tipped it over. I think, but for a man of his talents, it wasn't exactly out of the ordinary. We were cruising. But before you know it, 2-0 was 2-2. It happened just like that. Maybe they had nothing to lose at that late stage and played with more abandon and ambition and it was all square again. But we had Chippy, Liam Brady and Graham Ricks and Alan Sunderland who always made a nuisance of himself in the middle. Chippy gave the ball to Rixie. He crossed and Sunders did the rest. Let me tell you, if it had gone to extra time, I would not have fancied our chances. It was pure relief. I lived on Gillespie Road and knew the streets around Islington. The year before, when I went back to pick up my car at Highbury, I could see all the banners and flags hanging from the windows. It meant everything. I felt we had let everyone down so much in 1978 but not this time when I lifted the trophy it felt like I was giving something back to those fantastic fans because no mistake it's not the directors who own the club it belongs to the fans 1980 Arsenal 0 West Ham United 1 I thought with the team we had we had better players than West Ham who were in Division 2 at the time I thought we'd beat them but as a team we didn't come anywhere near to the level we should have done. We'd beaten Liverpool after several replays in the semi-final and had very little time to prepare for the final. We'd also beaten Juventus over two legs to reach the Cup Winners' Cup final against Valencia. The games, pressure games too, were coming thick and fast. Trevor Brooking scored for the Hammers and they held on to beat us. Everyone remembers Willie Young bringing down Paul Allen but I thought Willie was unlucky. He only missed the ball by a clear six feet. Valencia beat us a few days later too, on penalties in Brussels. I still haven't watched that game, by the way. We had given it our absolute all. At the time, Billy Bingham had been appointed Northern Ireland manager and he wanted me to go to Australia on tour with the promise of adding to my 49 caps. Billy, I'm knackered, I told him. Sorry, but I cannot go. I had also booked a family holiday and was loath to cancel it. I never did add to those 49. 
1998, Arsenal 2, Newcastle United 0. When you play Nicolas Anelka and Mark Overmars, you have a chance. They had pace to burn, and some. It was no surprise that they both scored. Very similar goals too, with Newcastle playing high up the pitch. Mark and then Nicholas beat the offside trap to run through and score. Once they had sight of goal and had beaten the last man, they were unstoppable because of their blistering pace. But the whole team was magnificent. I remember our lads being incredibly focused before the game. Patrick Vieira and Manu Petit had everything in the midfield. Then we had those great defenders who served us so well for years. Adams, Keown, Bold, Dixon, Winterburn, plus David Seaman behind them. The English lads made the foreign lads fully understand the importance of the FA Cup, believe me. I remember Martin once saying of Petit and Vieira, our job is easy now, nobody ever gets near us because of those two. It capped a great double. The bosses first for the club and a truly memorable season. 2001, Arsenal 1, Liverpool 2. We totally dominated this game. It was quite incredible how one-sided it was. Stefan Henshaws should have been sent off for one of the most blatant handballs on the goal line that you will ever see. It was a travesty. In fact, there were two handballs, I think. Still, the game was going to plan. Freddie Jungberg had scored and we were searching for a second. But Michael Owen was in magnificent form for Liverpool and didn't need many chances to score. He equalised, and as we were pushing and pushing and pushing, they hit us on the break. His pace was exceptional, and when you push forward like we did, you can leave yourself open. After the game, we just wanted to get out of Cardiff as quickly as possible. We were so choked. I don't even know where my loser's medal is from that game. Maybe it's in the cellar. 2002, Arsenal 2, Chelsea 0. It would be nice if this is the scoreline on May 27th. What I remember about this game is that Chelsea were just beginning to get a grip of the game when we scored. But then Ray Parler went forward and we were thinking, oh no, what's he going to do? Ray unleashed a stunning strike that Carlo Cudicini could get nowhere near. On the bench, we couldn't believe Ray had scored a goal like that. It really knocked Chelsea and it was Freddie who sealed it with a similar goal 10 minutes from the end. Tony Adams was coming to the end of his career and it was lovely seeing him win one more final with us. We won the league a few days later at Old Trafford to win the double for a third time while I was at the club and the second time in just four years was really special, especially against Chelsea. 2003, Arsenal 1, Southampton 0. We had beaten Sheffield United in the semi at Old Trafford, when David Seaman made that astonishing save from Paul Pescolido, clawing it back when it seemed to be inevitably heading for the back of the net. Big David, who was captain for the final, was a very similar guy to Pat Jennings. Both were big, calming influences. This was the third successive final, all at the Millennium Stadium, and I always thought it was hot in there, very enclosed, maybe due to the roof, even if it wasn't always fully closed. Some of the players got dehydrated pretty quickly in there. It was a tough game for us. That said, the supporters seemed to love having the cup final there. It was a super stadium, no doubt about it. 
we were overwhelming favourites, having just beaten them 6-1 in the league. But Southampton played really well, with a lot of freedom and threw everything at us. Yet we defended well and Robert Pires found that little piece of extra quality to find space and score. You can turn around and say we were perhaps a little fortunate that day, but at the end of the day, who cares? Our name is on the trophy. 2005, Arsenal 0, Manchester United 0. Arsenal win 5-4 on penalties after extra time. Jens Lehmann was outstanding for us. United dominated pretty much the entire game, but could not get past Jens. He was a very different character to Seaman. He'd shout and moan all the time, especially at Patrick Vieira. Jens, I would ask, why do you always shout at Patrick? He'd reply, because if I left him alone, he would not play to his limit. United were amazing. We hung on with Jens making some great saves and we kept going. What can you say? For some unknown reason, it was just not happening for us. But United didn't score. We managed to make it through extra time and from then on I was confident. We had great penalty takers who would practice all the time in training. The likes of Dennis Bergkamp, Ashley Cole, Patrick Vieira. They were all terrific from 12 yards. And we had a terrific goalkeeper in Jens. Patrick, of all people, stepped up to score the deciding penalty. We had won it. How we won it, we will never know. But we'd won it all the same. Quarterfinal. Non-league Lincoln brushed off by five-star Gunners. FA Cup quarter-final. Saturday, March the 11th, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal, 5. Walcott, 45. Giroud, 53. Waterfall, 58. Own goal. Alexis, 72. Ramsey, 75. Lincoln City, 0. Arsenal showed their ruthless side to dispose of Lincoln City who were the first non-league side to reach the FA Cup quarter-finals for more than 100 years. The first half was even, until Theo Walcott broke the deadlock just before the interval, and that allowed the Gunners to take charge. Olivier Giroud doubled the advantage, slotting home Hector Bellerin's cross. A Luke Waterfall own goal made it three, before Alexis curled home from 20 yards. Aaron Ramsey tapped in the fifth as Arsenal ended Lincoln's fairy tale and booked another appearance at Wembley. Arsenal, Czech, Gibbs, Kozilny, Mustafi, Bellerin, Alexis, Ramsey, Oxlade Chamberlain, substituted with Azil in the 27th minute, Shaka, substituted with Coquelin in the 61st minute, Walcott, Giroud, Substituted with Lucas in the 65th minute. Subs not used, Monreal, Martinez. Match facts. Referee, Anthony Taylor. Attendance, 59,454. This was the first match between Arsenal and Lincoln since March 1915, a meeting in the old second division that Lincoln won 1-0. This was Arsenal's 300th match at Emirates Stadium and the 200th win. Arsenal reached the FA Cup semi-final for a record 29th time. This was Arsenal's 238th win in the FA Cup, 
level with Manchester United, who lost their quarter-final at Chelsea. Arsene Wenger said, We knew they would give us a rough game, and we were really highly focused to be well concentrated defensively, and our fluidity suffered a little bit from that. But after we scored the first goal, I felt we wanted to heighten the tempo in the second half. Ox's verdict. We knew they were going to be a tough team after they knocked out Burnley and did really well in the conference this season. The way they set up was very organised and they stuck to their game plan. They made it really tough for us in the first half, but the stronger team generally wears the lesser team out in the second half, and that was the case. Once they started to get a little bit tired, we started to pass the ball, move it about, and found space to score more goals. In the end, it was very comfortable for us. Match stats. Possession, 77%. Shots, 23. Tackles, 22. Corners, 10. FA Cup semi-final. Gunners hold their nerve to see off City after extra time. Sunday, April 23rd at Wembley Stadium. Arsenal 2, Manchester City 1 after extra time. The scorers for Arsenal, Monreal in the 71st minute and Alexis in the 100th minute. The scorer for Manchester City, Aguero in the 62nd minute. Roared on by a vociferous support at Wembley, Arsenal came from behind to beat City in an enthralling FA Cup semi-final. Sticking with the back three, trialled at Middlesbrough the previous week, Arsenal were slow to get going, but were just taking control of the game when they fell behind to a breakaway goal from Sergio Aguero on the hour. But then, Nacho Monreal volleyed home an equaliser at the far post to force an extra half hour, and Alexis Sanchez grabbed the winner when he reacted quickest to a loose ball in the area. The side for Arsenal, Ketch, Kotzielny, Gabriel, Holding, Monreal, Oxlade-Chamberlain, replaced by Bellerin in the 105th minute. Zaka, Otsil, replaced by Coquelin in the 118th minute. Giroud, replaced by Welbeck in the 82nd minute. And Alexis, subs not used, Gibbs, Martinez, Iwobi and Walcott. Match facts. Referee, Craig Pawson. Attendance, 85,725. By winning this semi-final, Arsenal set a new record for FA Cup final appearances with 20. The Gunners have won each of their last seven games at Wembley Stadium. This was the Gunners' third FA Cup semi-final in four years and all three went to extra time. This was the 12th FA Cup match under Arsene Wenger to go to extra time. He has won nine of them. Arsene said, We had a bit of a hesitant start. But we were solid and we became stronger through the game, slowly took over and deserved to win. I'm very proud of the spirit the players have shown. There was a resilience and collective determination that is absolutely amazing. Ox's verdict. City was obviously a big step in the right direction for us in terms of the run-in to the end of the season and also the final two. Both semi-finals were tough fixtures, so it's not like playing a smaller team in the semi-final and having to make the step up. I don't know if there's more of an uncertainty when you play a bigger team, but it seems like you get over a massive hurdle. Sometimes in the cup, when you beat lesser teams, you don't know whether you deserve to be in the final, 
because you wonder if it's lucky that you got that team in the semi-final. To beat someone like City makes you feel like you deserve to be here. That's no easy feat. It was really tough and a good achievement for us, and it gives us a boost going into the game against Chelsea now. In previous years, we've come off the back of Wigan and Reading in our two semi-finals, but these are both games that you're expected to win. When you do win them, you're happy, but you expect to win the games. So beating City gave us a real sense of achievement to do that in a big game at Wembley. To go into extra time made it feel like a proper old-school semi. It was heading towards penalties. The nerves start creeping in, and then Alexis managed to score the goal. After that, we defended well and held out for the win. Match stats. Possession, 35%. Crosses, 21. Total passes, 385. Fouls conceded, 20. Match action. Arsenal v Sunderland. Tuesday, May 16th, 2017. Arsenal 2, Sunderland 0. Arsenal, scorer, Alexis, 72nd and 81st minute. Lineup, Czech, Holding, Mustafi, Monreal, Bellerin, Ramsey. Substitutes Welbeck, 69th minute, Zarka. Gibbs, substitutes Iwobi, 69th minute. Ozil, Alexis, Giroud, substitutes Walcott, 85th minute. Subs not used, Ospina, Gabriel, Coquelin, Elneny. Yellow cards, Bellerin, Monreal, Ozil. Sunderland, scorers, none. Lineup, Pickford, Jones, O'Shea, Kone, Manquillo, substitutes Yanazai, 82nd minute. Endong, substitutes Gibson, 88th minute. Casamold, substitutes Gooch, 77th minute. Larson, Oviedo, Barini, Defoe, subs not used, Manon, Lescott, Love, Rodwell, Yellow Cards, O'Shea, Catamold, Match Stats, Total Shots, Arsenal 36, Sunderland 6, Shots on Target, Arsenal 13, Sunderland 2, Corners, Arsenal 17, Sunderland 3, Offsides, Arsenal 2, Sunderland 3. Fouls, Arsenal 15, Sunderland 10. Possession, Arsenal 63%, Sunderland 37%. Game number 53, attendance 59,510. Referee, Roger East. Man of the match, Alexis Sanchez. Venue, Emirates Stadium. Competition Premier League at Shab7977 at J Pickford1 could save an atheist. Good golly. Hashtag AFC v SAFC. First half, Arsenal overcame a dogged Sunderland side to keep alive their Champions League hopes, but were nearly denied by a brilliant display from Black Cats goalkeeper Jordan Pickford. The Gullers made a strong start and had a goal ruled out when Alexis's strike hit Olivier Giroud's arm before the Frenchman forced a good save. Hector Bellerin shot just over and Granit Zarka fired wide. Petra Cech 
was called into action to deny Didier Ndong and Jermaine Defoe, but Arsenal reasserted themselves as Bellerin hit the side netting. Pickford denied Aaron Ramsey and Rob Holding headed straight at the keeper. Second half. There was a surreal moment at the restart as Nacho Monreal's firm back pass nearly beat Czech, but the Gunners kicked on as Ramsey had a shot cleared off the line and Giroud headed just wide. With time ticking away, sub Danny Welbeck let fly and forced a corner, from which the ball was shuffled back to Zarka. He released Mesut Ozil, who squared for Alexis to finally break the deadlock on 72 minutes. Yet still Arsenal poured forward with Pickford denying Zarka and Alex Iwobi before Alexis pounced on a rebound to add the second. More chances followed but 2-0 was enough to set up a tense final day. The Visitors, Everton. Everton closed the 2016-17 season today with nothing left to play for, having already secured a final placing of seventh. It was Arsenal's win at Southampton a week last Wednesday that ensured the Toffees could finish no higher than the position they now fill. And with a huge gap separating them from the teams below them, it has long been known that Everton could not surrender the place that guarantees them European football next season in the UEFA Europa League. It promises to be a relatively short summer break for Ronald Koeman's team, as they will be obliged to enter the Europa League in the third qualifying round, the first legs of which take place at the end of July, 16 days before the new Premier League campaign kicks off. If they get through that, they will then need to negotiate the playoffs before claiming a place in the group stage, which is where any other English representatives will enter the competition. Potentially, then, the Merseysiders will have a busier campaign in 2017-18 than they've had in 2016-17. Early exits from both domestic cup competitions, they lost at home to Norwich in the EFL Cup and Leicester in the FA Cup, have enabled the club to concentrate wholly on the Premier League, and by and large, they've made the most of their uncrowded schedule, claiming their highest place in three seasons, and duly returning to the European scene, which they last graced in 2014-15, when they reached the last 16 of the Europa League. On the whole, therefore, it has been a positive first season at the helm for Komen, who left Southampton to replace Roberto Martinez in the Goodison hot seat last summer. His team have been especially productive at home, where until the recent visit of champions-elect Chelsea, they had registered eight league victories in a row, scoring a remarkable 29 goals in the process. They also closed their home campaign with another win a week last Friday, beating Watford 1-0 with a Ross Barkley goal. Arsenal were also defeated at Goodison back in December, Goals from defenders Seamus Coleman and Ashley Williams helping their side to a 2-1 win. However, Everton visit Emirates Stadium for the return fixture, struggling for form on their travels. Their last victory on the road was in January, when they won 1-0 at Crystal Palace. Since then, seven away fixtures have yielded just four points, while they failed to score in their last two. A goalless draw at West Ham and a 1-0 defeat against relegation struggler Swansea. The team's modest results of late may be down not only to a certain lack of motivation given their comfortable league position, but also a long list of injuries, with those sidelined for lengthy spells including Yannick Bolesi, Ramiro Funes Mori, James McCarthy and Coleman, who suffered an awful double leg break while playing for the Republic of Ireland against Wales in March. Also unavailable today are five Everton youngsters, 
Adamola Lukman, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, John Joe Kenny, Kieran Dowell and Callum Connolly, who have all been selected to represent England this month alongside Arsenal's Ainsley Maitland-Niles at the FIFA Under-20 World Cup in South Korea. In focus, the captain, Phil Jagielka, defender, born Manchester, 17th of August 1982, previously with Sheffield United, games 347, goals 18. Sold to Everton for £4 million in 2007, following an eye-catching debut season in the top flight with Sheffield United, Phil has proved to be a redoubtable defender and latterly captain for the Toffees, recovering from serious injury to become the linchpin of Everton's rear guard. He recently scored in three successive Premier League games against Manchester United, Leicester and Burnley, the first Everton player ever to captain an England side in a Euro 2016 qualifier in Lithuania. He figured prominently under Roy Hodgson in the 2014 World Cup. He won his 40th senior international cap against Spain last November. Number 8, Ross Barkley, midfielder. Born Liverpool, 5th of December 1993. Previously with Sheffield Wednesday on loan and Leeds on loan. Games 178, goals 27. One of English football's most mercurial talents, Ross's future has been the subject of intense speculation of late. The native Liverpudlian first came to prominence in 2013-14, not least in a one-all draw here at Arsenal, but having played for England at the World Cup in Brazil, he suffered a dip in form. This term has been consistently productive for Ronald Koeman's side. Strong, technically gifted and two-footed, Ross has already tasted tournament success with England, winning the 2010 European Under-17 Championship, and despite being overlooked so far by Gareth Southgate, he will hope to feature at next year's World Cup. Number 10. Romelu Lukaku. Forward. Born Antwerp, Belgium, 13th of May 1993. Previously with Anderlecht, Chelsea and West Brom on loan. Games 132, goals 70. Poised to win the 2016-17 Premier League Golden Boot, Romelu has scored 24 goals, including a hat-trick at Sunderland and four in a 6-3 win against Bournemouth. The brawny Belgian striker has only just turned 24, but he's crammed plenty into his career already, having been a champion and league top scorer at 16 with Anderlecht and an international debutant for Belgium at the same age. He left for Chelsea in 2011, but was afforded little game time and joined West Brom on a season-long loan. Another impressive loan spell at Everton in 2013-14 earned him a permanent five-year deal for a club record fee of £28 million. Ronald Koeman, manager. Born, Zandam, Netherlands, March 21st, 1963, games 40. Previously with Vitesse, 2000-2001, Ajax, 2001-2005, Benfica, 2005-2006, PSV Eindhoven, 2006-2007, Valencia, 2007-8, AZ Alkmaar, 2009, Feyenoord, 2011-14, Southampton, 2014-16. Ronald was appointed in June 2016 following an impressive two-year spell at Southampton, having already built up an excellent coaching CV on the continent. His achievements, including three Eredivisie titles, two with Ajax, one with PSV, and the Copa del Rey with Valencia. As a player, Ronald was one of the greats. The ball-playing defender was also a frequent scorer, his free-kick expertise yielding spectacular goals, including the winner for Barcelona in the 1992 European Cup final. He had already won that competition with PSV four years earlier, the same year he became a European champion with the Netherlands. Breakdown. Scouting report. 
Ronald Koeman has added quality to the Everton squad and got more out of the players he inherited. In an unpredictable 2016-17 Premier League campaign, few teams have been as assured of their finishing position as Everton. Ronald Koeman's side were clearly a class above the side simply trying to avoid relegation, but didn't quite boast enough quality to fight for the Champions League places. Therefore, they've been in seventh position after every Premier League weekend since the turn of the year, and today's result can't move them up or down the Premier League table. One man definitely playing for something this afternoon, however, is centre-forward Romelu Lukaku. He currently leads the way in the Golden Boot standings, having managed 24 goals this season, and is aiming to become the first Everton player to finish as the top flight's top goalscorer since Gary Lineker in 1985-86. Although the Belgian is sometimes criticised for his lack of link play in deeper positions, he's excellent at running in behind the opposition defence and boasts tremendous physical strength. This season, he's noticeably concentrated on the inside right channel before opening up his body and finishing calmly with his left foot. Lukaku spearheads an Everton system that usually appears as a 4-2-3-1, although Komen has occasionally used only one holding midfielder in a more of a 4-1-4-1 system. Komen has broadly continued with Roberto Martinez's approach of playing possession football and keeping an aggressive line, although their defensive record has improved considerably this season. Lukaku's closest support comes from Ross Barkley, usually operating at the head of the midfield trio. Although his performances in big games have been criticised, Barkley has enjoyed a solid 2016-17 and has often played well against Arsenal. Kevin Morellas is Heverton's other main goal-scoring threat, usually starting high and wide on the left flank and running in behind when possible. On the right, youngster Tom Davis tucks inside, playing as a midfielder rather than a forward. A hard-working, direct runner on the ball and capable of playing on the right or through the middle, somewhat reminiscent of a young Ray Parler, He's often proved effective when Everton play on the break. The January signing of Morgan Schneiderlin has provided extra quality in the central midfield zone, while Adrissa Gueye is the only player in the league capable of recording ball-winning statistics better than that of Ungolo Kante. He'll be charged with stopping Mesut Ozil here. Only four sides have a better defensive record than Everton this season, following the recruitment of Ashley Williams to play alongside Phil Jagielka. Left-back Leighton Baines remains a dependable performer and an excellent crosser on the left, although the broken leg suffered by Seamus Coleman means Everton don't offer as much attacking threat from the right. Mason Holgate, however, is a promising young player and has performed solidly since Coleman's injury. Neither Joel Robles or Martin Stecklenberg have performed particularly well in goal this season. The former has started 18 games, the latter 19. Goalkeeper seems the most obvious position for Everton to strengthen this summer, although their primary objective will be keeping hold of Lukaku and Barkley. Everton history. Everton were founded as St Domingo FC in 1878 by the congregation of the local Methodist Church before changing their name the following year. Founder members of the Football League in 1888, the club won their first league title in 1890-91 and their first FA Cup in 1906. Everton have won the league nine times, placing them fourth on the all-time list and hold the distinction of being champions on the outbreak of both world wars, which meant they held the title for a combined total of 13 years without having to hand it over. While they haven't won the league since 1986-87 or the FA Cup since 1995, Everton have played in the top flight since 1954, second only to Arsenal. Records most appearances, Neville Southall with 750, 
Record goalscorer, Dixie Dean, 383. Youngest goalscorer, James Vaughan, at 16 years and 271 days. Youngest player, Ose Baxter, at 16 years, 191 days. Oldest player, Ted Sagar, at 42 years, 281 days. Record for seasons in the top flight, 114. Premier League stats. Total shots. Romelu Lukaku, 104. Ross Barkley, 82. Kevin Miralles, 59. Yannick Bolesi, 27. Chances created. Ross Barkley, 83. Romelu Lukaku, 44. Leighton Baines, 43. Kevin Miralles, 42. Crosses. Kevin Morales, 126. Ross Barkley, 110. Leighton Baines, 105. Seamus Coleman, 92. Clearances. Ashley Williams, 281. Phil Jagielka, 204. Ramiro Funes Mori, 111. Seamus Coleman, 68. Last match, Friday, May 12, 2017. Premier League, Everton 1. The scorer, Barkley in the 56th minute. Watford, 0. The side for Everton, Robles, Holgate, replaced by Valencia in the 46th minute, Jagielka, A. Williams, Baines, Guy, Schneiderlin, Davis, Barkley, replaced by Barry in the 80th minute, Lukaku, Morales, replaced by Coney in the 86th minute. Subs not used, Hewilt, Pennington, Besic, J. Williams. Head-to-head, last season's results, October 24th, 2015, Premier League, Arsenal 2, Everton 1. The scorers for Arsenal, Giroud and Kotielny. The scorer for Everton, Barkley. March 19th, 2016 in the Premier League. Everton 0, Arsenal 2. The scorers, Welbeck and Iwobi. They played for both. Martin Keown, Kevin Campbell, Joe Mercer. Did you know Everton hold the record for the most seasons spent in the top flight? 114 out of 118 seasons. Previous encounter. May the 11th, 2005. Premier League. Edu celebrates scoring in a 7-0 win at Highbury. All-time head-to-head record. Played 206, won 102, drawn 45, lost 59. Total number of goals for 337 against 247. Officials, referee Michael Oliver. Assistant referees, Simon Bennett, Adrian Holmes. Fourth official, Craig Pawson. Today's other fixtures, all 3pm. Burnley v West Ham, Chelsea v Sunderland, Hull v Tottenham, Leicester v Bournemouth. Liverpool v Middlesbrough, Man United v Crystal Palace, Southampton v Stoke City, Swansea v West Brom, Watford v Man City. Arsenal. Manager, Arsene Wenger. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red socks. Two, Matthew Debushi. Three, Kieran Gibbs. Four, Pa Mertesacker. Five, Gabriel. Six, Loren Kozilny. 7. Alexis Sanchez 8. Aaron Ramsey 9. Lucas Perez 11. Mesut Ozil 12. 
Olivier Giroud. 13. David Ospina. 14. Theo Walcott. 15. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Alex Iwobi. 18. Nacho Monreal. 19. Santi Cazorla. 20. Shakoljan Mustafi. 22. Yaya Sonogo. 23. Danny Welbeck. 24. Hector Bellerin. 25. Carl Jenkinson. 26. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 29. Granit Zaka. 31. Jeff Wren Adelaide. Everton, manager, Ronald Kerman. Blue shirts, shorts and socks. Number 1. Joel Robles, goalkeeper. 2. Morgan Schneiderlin. 3. Leighton Baines. 5. Ashley Williams. 6. Phil Jagielka. 8. Ross Barkley. 9. Aruona Kone. 10. Romelu Lukaku. 11. Kevin Morales. 12. Aaron Lennon. 14. Yannick Bolassi. 16. James McCarthy. 17. Idrissa Goye. 18. Gareth Barry. 19. Enna Valencia. 21. Mohamed Besic. 22. Martin Stecklenberg, goalkeeper. 23. Seamus Coleman. 25. Romero Funes Mori. 26. Tom Davies. 28. Kieran Doel. 29. Dominic Calvert Lewin. 30. Mason Holgate. 31. Adimola Lookman. Hello, this is Arsene Wenger. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Matchday program. Spectacular is every day in Dubai. Don't just visit, live it. From dune bashing to skydiving over Palm Island, every kind of adventure awaits you in Dubai. Book your flight today at emirates.com forward slash UK. Hello tomorrow. Emirates. Gatorade. It all begins from within. Every victory starts from within. That's where the heart and the drive live. The determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. Gatorade is proud to fuel any athlete who believes greatness comes from within. Gatorade. Win from within. Copyright 2013 SVC Incorporated. Gatorade and G-Design are registered trademarks of SVC Incorporated. Arsenal Junior Gunners. Junior Gunners. Download the new Junior Gunners app. Play fun games. Win trophies. Create your own avatar. And loads more. Download for free from your App Store today. Download on the Apple App Store.
Get it on Google Play. Arsenal Junior Gunners. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.